Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. You know, but to be uh, to, to be like that is is you know I, I I don't understand. But with all that being said, this is competitive. This is a life we've chosen. This world to me is always is always like the mafia. Like, you know, you 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 get hired, eventually you get whacked, and you know you you live as much as you can in between. So. Ow! Wrapping up hour number one here on Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. Andy Rogers, I believe, will be joining us here in a little while. How about how about Coach going on? Good fellas there. Uh, so I think that was actually more Godfather. I'll, I'll get that in a second here. Um, uh, Andrew will be joining us here in a little while. I had a little traffic issue this morning, so uh, and he, you said he was all right. Yeah, he's okay. Um, just uh, getting things sorted out on his end over there. So uh, he'll join us when he can, uh, if he can. But in the meantime, yeah. So that was a. That was, I believe, that's Hyman Roth in Godfather 2 talking to Michael about, uh, you know, doing the line, this is the business we've chosen, uh, when Michael's asking about who gave the order, uh, to, I believe, to kill Frank Pantangeli. What a great movie. If I remember correctly. And then he goes off into this, uh, he goes off into this speech about... Uh, you know, there once was this kid uh, who was out in, in, in Las Vegas, and he turned this desert outpost into, you know, the, the greatest town in the world, and, and that man's name was Mo Green. <laughs> yep. And, and when, when someone, and when he was killed, I, I didn't ask who gave the order, because this is the business we've chosen. Uh, so it's a little, little Godfather 2 there uh, from our guy, Coach Rule. So I appreciated that. Godfather 2 better than Godfather 1? So I think it's a better movie. I like Godfather 1 better. Like, I enjoy watching Godfather. Is it because of Marlon? Partly because of Marlon. I also think it's a little bit, it sounds weird. I feel like it's a little bit more hopeful in the sense of you kind of see the decay of, of Michael Corleone's character throughout uh, throughout Godfather 2, like he just becomes fully, you know, fully powerful, fully corrupt, and he ends up all alone, which is probably what would happen in that scenario. 
Um, and it's a very, it's an incredible movie. I do love the flashback scenes with Vito, uh, with uh, Robert De Niro as young Vito Corleone. Um, those are incredible. Uh, it's a very good movie. I mean, it's not that I don't like Godfather 2 because I love it, but I think Godfather 1 is a little bit more a like romanticized view of mafia life. And I tend to like those versions of mafia stories a little bit better. Um, but he, I mean, he's right. You know, you get into this business, you're going to get fired. That's kind of how it works. And, uh, obviously he knows that from his time at Carolina, but you know, if you're successful at Nebraska, we'll keep you forever. I promise you that. Um, let's get to the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. Our guy, Fred. We lost Fred. Oh, Fred, call back, buddy. And that's my fault. I, I, I led you down the wrong path there, going down Godfather Part 2. So. Oh, that's all right. Fred, uh, call back. Fred, give us a call back. We'll uh, we'll get into your, your topic there. Uh, if you want to join us on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline, it's 888-638-4876. Um, I wanted to get into Texas A&M here because – Obviously, Jimbo Fisher got fired. Um, you know, he got the he got the uh, end of Godfather one treatment. You know, the the Mo Green treatment, if you will, uh, by Texas A and M. And I, first of all, I think people have this idea of. I don't know when you when you when you die in the mafia like that, you usually die like broken alone. Like mm, that's true. You know, Jimbo Fisher's going away with seventy million. So that's true. This is this is maybe a little bit more uh, Michael Corleone at the end of Godfather too. Rich and 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 set and yeah, set for life, but maybe also a little broken and alone. Just just not dead and well paid. Um, you know he. He didn't do a super good job at Texas A&M. That's not a hot take. He had the one good season. It was 2020, which, frankly, I just don't count for anything because it's such a weird year and there's so many outlier results from that year. So if that's, you know, like Harbaugh's one really bad year was 2020. Fisher's one really good year at A&M was 2020. You know, Indiana was really good in 2020. It's it's a kind of a crapshoot year. So I try not. I try to take the results of 2020 with a grain of salt. Um, especially if it's an outlier for your season. But as we kind of look at this Texas A&M job, I, I think it's important to sort of realize what type of job this is because there's a couple things, I think, at play here. And first of all, I think people think this is a better job than it is. Yes, it's in Texas, okay? So you've got recruiting base all that whatever you know it's also everybody else is trying to recruit texas as well so yes it helps to be there and be the, one of the home state schools but it's not like you're finding a bunch of diamonds in the rough like people know about kids from texas that's not it's not a secret out there um you're also little brother in your own state like texas is always going to be bigger than texas a&m that's just how it is now i think texas a&m might be a little bit bigger to people in Texas than people outside realize. Um, A&M's a pretty big deal in Texas, but it's still not Texas. And the one thing they had over Texas was being in the SEC. Well, guess what? That's gone next year. That advantage of being the Texas representative to the SEC is gone next year because Big Brother's moving in on your block. And historically... This is not a super successful program. They have played 121 years 
of college football. They have not claimed a national title. And listen, even the ones they claim are a little dubious. They have not claimed a national title since 1939. That is pre-AP poll era. That is, which started about a decade later. That is a not super successful college football program. And that's not just national titles. Well, I've, I've got some other things as well, right? But it is important to know this team has not even been able to claim a national title since 1939. That's pretty bad, especially at a school that holds itself in the regard that they do. And aside from the national titles, they have just 12 10-win seasons ever. 121 years of college football, only 12 10-win seasons in their history. Just two since 1996. That's surprising. Two 10-win seasons since 1996. Nebraska has had seven since Tom Osborne left. Nebraska, who has famously struggled for the last 25 years, has seven 10-win seasons in less time than Texas A&M has two. And I bet a lot of people right now would tell you that Texas A&M is a better job than Nebraska. Just first blush. Nebraska, even in the worst stretch of their college football history, has, is more successful, has more wins than Texas A&M does. Texas A&M and Nebraska both have their most recent 10-win year or 10 win season in 2012. Texas A&M has not been dramatically more successful than Nebraska. Now, the last six years they have, but in general, and even in, in pretty recent history, certainly go back further than you go into the Tom Osborne era, it's not even close. But even in the post-Tom Osborne era, Nebraska has been more successful than Texas A&M, and I'm not sure very many people would realize that. Uh, before we get into more Texas A&M here, Tim on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline has some thoughts on the Nebraska QB spot. Tim, what do you have for me this morning? Hey, uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, when we talk about the quarterback position, it's always about these three guys. And what if in the event one of them gets hurt, sick, and we're down to where, like, none of them can play? It seems to me, if my recollection is correct, that we had another quarterback come in besides uh, Sims. I can't remember his name. And then, of course, we have to have a walk-on or two in the program. Um, I just want you to address that. And I know they're probably not ready to play at a high level, but if push comes to shove, what do we do if we have to have a fourth quarterback? And any uh, conversation about maybe trying the running or uh, trying a running back in the uh, Wildcat, so forth. Anyway, I'll take I'll take your uh, answer off here. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate the call. Uh, that's Tim on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. So um, the court, there's three scholarship quarterback is Jeff. That's funny because I asked you the same question the other day. Yeah, it's Jeff Sims, it's Heinrich Harburg, and Chubba Purdy all are the scholarship quarterbacks. Outside of that, you've got uh, Jack Wochi, who is a redshirt freshman um, from 
He's from the IMG Academy. I believe he was at Ole Miss before that as well. I, I don't think he played at all, really, at Ole Miss. Um, and then you have uh, Luke Longval, who is also a redshirt freshman. He is from Sioux City, Iowa, went to Iowa Western uh, Community College. So those would be your options at quarterback if the scholarship guys uh, go down. Those are your fourth and fifth options. I don't know what order they are, fourth and fifth. Um, I just Those are the other two guys that are uh, the options at quarterback. I think they would – I don't know that they would consider a full-time Wildcat quarterback situation unless they went through all five of those guys for some reason. And even then, I think they would find a guy who could just turn around and hand the ball off, um, kind of like Brock Purdy in – or, yeah, kind of like Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game last year where he's just – That was awful. Where he was just handing the ball off terrible. because his arm was exploded. Uh, I really just wanted to see Christian McCaffrey at Wildcat, but – uh, even then, yeah. So I don't think that's an. I don't think the Wildcat exclusive quarterback is an option. I not, hope not. Not full time for Nebraska. Jeez. Maybe they would sprinkle that in there, but um, so that's the quarterback situation. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get more into Texas A&M and that head coaching spot with Adam McClintock, the college football professor here on Herd at Sports Radio.